Okay, welcome back to Comic School, everyone. Um, I am really just over, just over the moon, just kind of out of my head about this next, uh, our next guest. Um, one, a longtime fave. Um, if you haven't read Superb, please, please, please log on to whatever computer machine you use. Uh, call your local comic shop. Get some, get some stuff going. Um, it's thoroughly good. Um, Dr. Sheena Howard is is joining us today. Um, a little background: an uh, an academic author, producer, um, professor, an Eisner Award winner. Um, for Black Comics, Politics of Race and Representation, um, the Encyclopedia of, uh, of Black Comics uh, as well. Just one of the top folks in the game. Uh, and she has blessed us, and I'm, I do not use that lightly, blessed us with her presence. Dr. Howard, how are you? I am wonderful. Happy uh. to be here. Good. And we appreciate you, um, you joining us. Um, we've been starting each of these episodes, as every good comic does, with an origin story. So if you would be so kind, um, could you just give us a little bit of background about how you got into to comics as a medium um, and, and how it informs your, your scholarship? Sure. So... For me, I came into the comics game late. Well, you know, late by like a real comics fan perspective, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, which, which actually the way I came into comics makes my work really niche, right? So it, it allows me to do things I think not a lot, a lot of other people are doing. Okay. Um, so in grad school, doing my PhD, I was mm -hmm. very young, 23 years old when I started my PhD and started teaching college students. Right. And, you know, when you come into a PhD program, they want you to, you know, you have to write a dissertation. So they yep. want you to know, they want to know what you're going to study. What, you're, what are you going to yep. write this dissertation on? So every, right. all the years that you're there lead up to this big, long book that you have. Oh, to write. yes. Oh, yes. And I didn't know what I wanted to write about. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, what can I write about to get through this PhD program? And so I just started looking around in my environment towards what I was reading, what I was listening to. And eventually I was like, oh, well, I really like the Boondocks comic strip. Like, I really like it. I was reading it. I thought it was awesome. So I was like, I'm going to do my dissertation on the Boondocks comic strip. And that was really my entryway into comics. So it didn't That's start. so dope. Right. It didn't start. I didn't start as a kid. I didn't start as reading superhero books seriously. I was in grad school and I was doing my PhD in intercultural and rhetorical communication. So the Boondocks was like perfect. Was it. Yeah. 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 And so when I was writing, I wanted to, to write, you know, a few pages about the history of black comics, uh -huh. specifically black people that contributed to the comic strip industry. So I'm at Howard University, right. a black university. I think I'm just going to go to the library and get a book that's literally called History of Black Comic Creators. Right. But no, there was no such book available. And, and any book that I picked up that was about the history of American comics didn't include black people. Mm -hmm. So when I finished my dissertation, I finished writing about the Boondocks comic strip, looking at African-American communication dynamics in the strip mm -hmm. and also gender issues in the strip. Yes. I was like, I have to write, I was like, I have to write, I have to write up this book. Right. You know, the history, to, I have to start to try to fill this void. The, right? the thing I, I couldn't find. 
Exactly. I got it. It's me. Right. Exactly. So that first book, Black Comics, Politics of Race and Representation, was basically me trying to write a piece of the book that I want that I needed when I was writing that dissertation. And that's why it's an edited book, because I didn't have like a super long background in comics. Right. right? I had right. I, I, I was studying black comic strips. So the chapter that I have in there is about black comic strips. The introduction is kind of about my orientation to comics. And then I collaborated with all of these amazing, awesome people that knew more than me to, to mm -hmm. write those chapters. Yep. So that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of my favorite, okay. So two things, one of my favorite pieces of media is, and we can maybe even just make this just about boondocks. Why would, why, why boondocks? Right. Because Aaron Magruder is just unbelievable, but like what drew you to boondocks as, as the focus of your research because yeah. as, as you said like rhetorics and communication and um what drew you to that in particular so that's a, yeah that's a good question so when i was doing my phd it was in 2007 and mm -hmm. the, the comic strip you know aaron mcgrew it was very timely like he was literally right. pumping things out in real time <laughs> that's as, right, as that's things, right. things happen and making this political commentary and being mm -hmm. censored by newspapers and and all of this stuff and so that kept me you know that kept me coming back to the comic strip and just wanted wanting to read more and then i started wanting to read the the com the comic strips he was doing that i had missed in the years before right and so and i you know i i i I, I want to, you know, my mission is to preserve black culture through comics and, and preserve black culture in any, in any form. It might, right. right now it's comics, but right. you know, I, like you mentioned in my intro, I do documentaries, I do fiction mm -hmm. books now. So it's just preserve, preserving black culture. And I saw that in the comics field, the preservation of black comics was not where I thought that it needed to be. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's, hugely important especially thinking about um one of the one of the the things that's popping off right now is this uh is afrofuturism stuff basically that is i mean we we've known for a little bit about these these things but people are in some ways just coming into understanding right um, like black panther for example right and i know that um you have you have in progress um some work on mental health and yes. Black Panther, right? Yes, yes. Can you talk a little bit about the connection? Because a lot of folks, I think, when they think about comics, um, especially if they don't study them kind of seriously, mm -hmm. think about them as um, not disposable, but right. that they don't tackle these issues in serious-minded ways. Right, um, right. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you kind of conceptualize what Black Panther has to teach right. us about mental health. And that's 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 kind of my niche area. So yeah, I do write, you know, fictional comic books and, and, and fiction books, but for comics, I, I'm, I am interested in making that connection. What's, what's the significance here? Are we just talking about superheroes fighting and right. doing random things? Or you right. know, what can we really hold on to that can move the culture forward, that can teach us things, um, and, and using the medium as a tool to like progress and challenge the status quo and those types of things. So right. for, for the book that I'm working on now, um, it's actually called, it, the title has changed. It's actually called Why Wakanda Matters psychology, um, communication, and identity. Um, so the book is about what Black Panther can teach us about mental health and psychology. Mm -hmm. So 
the way this I wanted to do a book on Black Panther, but I didn't want to. But everybody was talking about Black Panther, so it's yep. like, what are you gonna contribute that is new, right? You have to when you when you go to graduate school, they tell you you have to create something new and you got to push the field out. forward, right? So one of the things that I noticed when I was going around and talking to people about Black Panther is everybody's trying to figure out why this movie was so popular, like why right. it was so popular. Um, and of course, you know, something that people have been waiting for a long time and yeah, you know, right. all, the, all, all the typical reasons, right? Right. I wanted to know, I, I started thinking about, no, what, what's the psychology behind this, right? There's a, there's a psychology around this popularity of this movie. There's something a lot deeper that we right. have to tap into in understanding why this movie at this moment in time just knocked it out of the park. Right. But once I started going down that path of thinking, I started to think about, well, we're going to talk about psychology and mental health. That's something that might be important to the black community, specifically mm. the black community. So this book mm -hmm. is specifically focused at uh, mental health in the African American community, and so that's kind of how I got to the the the, the final kind of um, idea for the book, which is what it is now. Is um, when you watch the movie Black Panther, when you think about the movie Black Panther, what can we what can we learn about psychological theories around mm -hmm. the black community? And that's that's basically what the book is. It's all, all I have communication scholars, psychologists, yeah. mental health experts talking about real psychological theories, applying them to the movie Black Panther and teaching us how that is, that is important. And, and it's a profoundly, one of the reasons I think this is so dope is it's a profoundly critical move, right? And, and by that, I mean, yeah, it's cool, but why does it matter? And right. how are we conceptualizing mattering? Right. Yes. Because yes. we have notions of this being um, sort of ubiquitous. Right. Yes. Or, or, or this thing is like, oh, these are these, you know, just universe. Every, Peter Parker's the everyman. Well, ho, 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 yes. ho, hold on. Hold on. Peter Parker's not the everyman. Right. I, I love I'm not saying uh, I, I love Peter Parker. Right. But there are right. particular ways of reading these texts. Right. That hold significant sociocultural political exactly. uh, import for people right so it is dope it is fun comics exactly. should be fun it is yeah, fun exactly. yep and it matters right exactly and and i think that that links me into this next question because and and how it matters and, and somebody said recently to me like comics can grow up with you mm -hmm. right and so you're also working i mean because you've got all this just i get exhausted just just thinking about all of this <laughs> stuff. And I have a two-year-old. Yeah, right. And you got we both got kids too, so that's why I'm like, that's an extra special kind of tire. Um, but you're also working with Philly Public Schools on his yeah. uh, his historical figures and and doing some graphic novel work, right? And so it's it's not just for people who are interested in psychological theory; it's also for folks yeah. who are in it for the, for the babies. Yes. In some ways as well. Can you talk maybe just a just a little bit about some of that work that you're doing? So for me the opportunity to write comics has been a godsend for me because mm. you think about all of these cultural critics and these people that critique media. And so, so, right. you know, I was, I was the person critiquing representation in comics, but I had uh -huh. never written a comic. So right. there's a lot of things that you can say and pull from, from, you know, different articles to talk about right. how it is to be a female writer, how it is right. to be a black writer, but you don't really know, you know, now I can talk <laughs> right. to some real authority. Like, no, I know what it's right. like to be a black right. woman. Oh, it's, one thing just, it's one thing to critique. It's another exactly. to 
go so, through that process, right? Yeah, so, that, so, so, so going from being an outsider examining comics to being an insider talking about comics, I have like a one-two punch now. Right, right. Because I, I have <laughs> the, I can talk with the experience behind me, right? Right, So right. for this graphic novel, it's actually through a Pew Research grant. Temple, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Through a Pew Research grant. Yes. Through, through Temple University. And Temple wanted the Bloxon Library at Temple, the whole archive of all this just amazing right. black history. They wanted to write this graphic novel about um, hidden 20th century Philadelphia, looking at black, basically leaders, even mm-hmm. musicians and artists, mm-hmm. politicians in Philly, and they wanted to do biographical pieces. Right. So they're short. They're like, they're, these are like 10 page biographical um, graphic novel pieces, about 14 right. or 15 um, black people from Philadelphia, most of whom have like streets named after them it's in Philadelphia. So yeah. And it's for the, and it's for the Philadelphia public school system. So, so right. the, I mean, the awesome thing about this is that it's not going to be for sale. It's going right. to be like literally for the Philadelphia right. public school systems. I, I mean, I'm just like thrilled about it. That's, I want to ask you all, I want to ask you all the things. Uh, but um, I, I think what's, what's really meaningful for, for me when I'm thinking about this piece is, is it's not so often comics are conceptualized as like, oh, this is a tool for kids who don't want to read or right. it's seen as this, um, almost like this, this educational intervention, right? Or right. like a remediation rather than thinking right. about the, the, the socio-political and cultural function that, it can, right. that the medium can, uh, right. Right. can occupy, right? Right. Um, right? But then I got to ask you this. So you, you said, if I can remember about 10 minutes ago, <laughs> that <laughs> I'm, I'm that kind of tired. Um, <laughs> you said, okay, so I'm going to do this boondocks thing. And then flash forward you're writing how, how did what was that how did you get yeah. in started what was the opportunity like there how did that work so superb so superb was the first comic book that i wrote and i co-wrote it with david walker i mean first time out the gate i get to work with david walker David walker an editor uh joe illich who's pretty big deal joe is so dope <laughs> if you haven't interviewed him you should interview him as oh, well. oh we're working on it we're working on it we, yeah. we're trying to get all schedules together awesome uh, so you know, so I had won the Eisner for the academic book, Black right. Comics, Politics of Race and Representation. So my name was at least on the map, you know, at right. least out, out there in the comics yeah, world. Yeah, you kind of like pinged the radar. They're like, oh, okay. Exactly, exactly. Because if that hadn't happened, then nobody would have, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been as popular, you know, sure. I just would have sure. been in the academic space. You know, you get in the academic space. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. just academic. So Joe Illich um, was approached by Lionforge, um, to put together a team for Superb about a superhero with Down syndrome and his best friend is a black woman, a black, a black teenager. Mm-hmm. It's like this awesome relationship between this white kid with Down syndrome and right. this, this black female teenager. I mean, amazing. Right. And so he thought of me and he, he approached me. And, uh, and I mean, this was perfect for me for my first comic book. It gets me to, to um, the representation piece that I think is right. really important, representing right. un- underrepresented communities. Um, right. And it also allowed us to add kind of some political content in there. If you're a adult reading the book, you might catch some yep. of it. There's, there's a distinct move made in terms of how, in, in superb particularly, particularly right how these folks are important 
Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how their humanness matters right right, right. and so like yeah okay so you get you have a history of tokenism mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in comics right like i'm thinking back to like giant size x-men number two was like we got one of everybody well you right. didn't really exactly. critique the status quo just because exactly. you got a russian and a blue german exactly i mean I, <laughs> right exactly. exactly but but that's what i appreciate about about this work is that it is intentional in its representation and i and 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 your work in general i think uh if i may uh is is true to true to that goal um and even um not and and i gotta it's a shameless plug time you're working on the (laughs) novel right yes Uh, it's coming no it's coming out my debut my debut baby can you talk a little bit about that because uh, again representation but but these things in different across media can be powerful yes so it and okay so this book is called nina's whisper right right <laughs> sorry i'm taking you all and, over the map i'm so sorry <laughs> actually i have it right here hey oh, look at that cover oh that's nice so it's Beautiful. about a woman's struggle to triumph over domestic abuse at the hands of her wife right mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're socialized to believe that domestic abuse is male on female. Men mm-hmm. abuse women, mm-hmm. but abuse is about power and control. So in that sense, it's not about the gender, mm-hmm. right? It's about the individual, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're not acknowledging that in LGBTQ relationships, the rates mm-hmm. of same-sex abuse are extremely high and in some cases they're saying that same-sex abuse in lgbtq relationships are higher than that of heterosexual relationships Mm -hmm. um so it was really important for me to write this book because i want to get that message out there and i want to get people the resources and help they need if they feel like they're in in an abusive relationship but they happen to be in a lesbian relationship where it might be a kind of thing where it's like no you're with a woman a woman can't be abusive that is absolutely not true. So this book comes out next month, April 19th. And y'all heard, y'all heard that. April, April 19th. 19th. Put it on the calendar. One of the cool things, I'm all about collaboration. So one of the cool things about the release of this book between April 19th and May 19th, for all the books I sell, for each copy of the book I sell, $1 will be donated to Woman Space, which is a leading nonprofit organization yeah. focused on domestic abuse in New Jersey. Uh, so I'm really, 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 really excited about that collaboration. Not only is it a book where I'm trying to create awareness right. about this important thing, but I also get to give back to a nonprofit that mm-hmm. is literally saving people's lives. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to forget to mention though, cause you know, I'm going to stretch <laughs> this, this comic medium to Let's its go. fullest potential until yes. the day I die. Yes. So one, one year from the release of the fiction book, I'm going to release a graphic novel edition of the book. So April 19th, 2021, the graphic novel edition of Nina's Whisper will be out. And that's already in production. The art has already started. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't, I, yeah. I, I can't even... Like yep. I don't even have words. Um, that is so cool. That is un- unassailably cool. Listen, for anybody keeping track, uh-huh. in 2019, I wrote three books with a infant child as a single mother. Look. So, for anybody that thinks you know times are rough, they wanna they wanna do something, just do it. All right. 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 And <laughs> um. It's, it is about having that vision, right? And then 
I, I think about what J. Cole said, right? It's like you can dream, but then you gotta take the action to do it. Exactly. Right? exactly. Like the dreams are great. Um exactly. but and they can and you don't have to people talk about, oh well, I don't I'm not really come into comics. Well, you you don't have to have come into like I came into comics from the ba- like as a baby. Yeah. But I mean, we just, we just, we're talking about like, oh, I got into comics in grad school or I didn't, you know, it's, it's exactly. not too late to, to undertake important work. Right. I it's mean, important it, that you say that too. It's important that you say that because a lot of times, even me, I get flack from people. You don't know this particular superhero on this particular storyline from, you know, 1985 or even, from t- no, because my area of comics is about the historical nature of black comics specifically and looking at how comics challenge the status quo. And, and for me, a lot of that work happens in the history of black comics, right. preserving black culture and not, um, not so much in all of the superhero stories that come out. Listen, the, yeah, I've got so, into so it too. So for you saying right. that it's important for people that might want to, you know, right. enter into comics in the way that they want to enter into comics, right. right? Not to be discouraged by, you know, the the super, the super, super, super fans who are like, now, you know, yeah, you can't, you can't read or or enjoy comics in this way. You didn't talk about my favorite in the way I wanted you exactly. to. Like, ugh. right? I show people Lion Man, and they're like, well, that's that's Black Panther. I'm like, yeah, I know. Exactly. Talking about do your homework, but at the same time, you're never going to know anything. It's what I tell. It's what I tell all my students. It's like that yep. you don't get to the top of the pile in scholarship. Right. You're never right. done, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. Think, exactly. Right? Um, it's about having that vision. It's about having that work, and that's why I appreciate the work that you're putting in. Right. I mean, that's that's why I collaborate awesome. with people that know more than me. <laughs> if you are listen, if <laughs> and and this is this is a word I'm I'm talking to myself here, so. Look, if you're the smartest person in the room, get a better room. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, not to, you know, I've, I've been doing this podcast and I'm talking with people like Dr. Sheena Howard here and I, 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 I stammer and fall all over myself because the gems that, that are coming out, I, I, I'm just humbled to be just learning. So <laughs> I appreciate you. I know that, um, I, I know that time, time is short. Yes. So, so the last thing um, that I'll ask is this, and it's kind of the, the, the big question. Um, we are in interesting times, right? Yeah. Um, shouldn't we, well, let me ask a question this way. How can <laughs> we say that comics matter in times like we are in right now, right? So oh we got- Oh my goodness, they matter of, so much. Okay, right. So I'm just gonna step back. That's the question. Well, first of all, do you know how many like comic books are gonna come out after we get through this experience. Oh my God, there are people right now like at their computer, like like that Kermit the Frog gift. <laughs> the, like, yes. Typing this right, Kermit? <laughs> right now. Yes. So you can expect great content to come out as we get through this coronavirus. But also, right. you know, a lot of people are, are home. A lot of people might not be working, right? right. What are people gonna do? Like you're gonna read right. books. You're gonna read right. web comics. You're gonna be online looking for things to read, looking for something to connect to, looking for that escapism, looking for these fictional stories that take you somewhere else because it's just too stressful right now. So comics matter a lot right now. Comics matter a lot in documenting what is happening, right? There's there's comics journalism going on, right? Document this stuff visually. You know, when, when the apocalypse really happens, right? And we're all wiped out right you you want you want whoever that new species is to come down and and, and see your comics right, what right, is right. This, who is <laughs> exactly this exactly you want you know you want this new species to think 
that you are a prophet because you got all this this comics work that they've undiscovered hidden under that's right. in a fossil. That's right, right. Right? <laughs> in a lockbox someplace, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's what I want, right? Right. Right. And it's, you know, I was just, uh, like, like I said, just reading the parable of the sower. I'm like, oh, so that's prophecy from uh, Octavia Butler, huh? Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay, then. Exactly. All right. Right? Uh, Dr. Howard, thank you so much for taking some time out today. Thank you. I just, I can't, I'm glad we can connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all, go get the book. Go read the comics. Fire up your Google machine, okay? And and get onto that scholar.com and check out Dr. Sheena Howard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Get all the books. Be well. Read all the books. All right. Be well. Thank you.